The following audio is from Delta Church in Springfield, Illinois. Our purpose is to proclaim the gospel through the church to a world that needs Jesus Christ. We pray this sermon will aid and encourage your daily walk with Jesus. For more information about Delta, you can visit us online at deltachurch.net. Thank you, John. Okay, so... um talking about evangelism tonight and uh, Delta this past year, you know, we've been focusing on uh, making disciples. So everything we've been kind of doing, equipping forums and um, we've had sort of a sermon series. We've had books. We did the Rico Tice Honest Evangelism book together. We've been focusing on that like concept of the making disciples and of course our vision statement here and our mission is you know we exist to make mature and multiply disciples and so tonight is going to be in the same vein we're we're going to discuss the making disciples portion again this evangelism piece Um, and so we've asked these four panelists um, you know you guys know how practical and, and helpful these um, people are in your lives just as we rub shoulders at community group and at church. So I've asked them to just say, like, what do you literally say, you know, when you're talking to somebody? What do you, how do you start that? So what's some really practical Springfield, Illinois, not England, not, you know, how do we do this? And so, um, so that's what we're going to, we're going to talk about. Um, so Emily, I'm actually going to start with you. Um, so I want to ask you about how you came to know the Lord. Okay. So the reason I want to ask you this question is, uh, if you guys think about how you got into a relationship with Jesus, um, a lot of times that impacts the way that you maybe share your faith. So um, I just want to ask you, what is your story? How did you get to know the Lord? Um, and and if you think of it, how does that maybe impact the way that you share the gospel with people? Well, I will say a short part of my testimony, um, shorten it a little bit. A lot of you probably, maybe some of you know it. Um, I was raised in a Catholic home, and um, I feel like God's kind of, um, well, I know God has been calling me, and I've listened at certain points of my life, Um, and even at an early age in the Catholic Church, I knew that there was something missing. I didn't have that relationship um, that maybe I saw in my grandma's church, who was Baptist, Um, and so... um, you know, I kind of said the Lord's Prayer back then. I don't know that I was truly saved. I loved God. Um, but honestly, it wasn't until um, college after I left the church, I left a horrible relationship with um, an atheist I was engaged to, um, was rebaptized, and then came up to UIS. And um, the first, one of the first people that approached me was a campus minister named Lindsay. Um, and she invited me to go to a fall retreat and up until then no one had really been so um, bold in like inviting me and asking me to do something and she was really like wanting me to come with her and um, and so that kind of started our relationship of discipleship I went to the retreat and um, we started meeting weekly and she started discipling me and um, you know, I, I guess this didn't, like, register until Mallory had asked me this question, but I really do think that's how I tend to, like, disciple people now is I really want to invite them in. I, I used to think, you know, college students, they all want to be known. Well, every person wants to be known, right? And so um, they want to be invited in. And so 
I think our first step is to invite people in. We want them to see how we're doing life. And it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be messy. I'm still learning that now as a mom. <laughs> it looks so much different as a mom because uh, it's messier. And um, But I think people need to see how you handle those situations and those circumstances mm -hmm. and how you turn to Christ. And, um, yeah, so I think just being that invitational person, um, asking them to come to church with you or a community group or having coffee and mm -hmm. um, getting to know their life. Because um, that's what she did. She asked me to coffee and um, just wanted to know my life story. Yeah. And that was really cool. You kind of describe her, um, I don't know when we talked about this before, you described her as being a little blunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that because I kind of picture myself that yeah. way. I yeah. don't know if any of you guys <laughs> have that approach. And so... Yeah. Sometimes I think we wonder, like, are we being too bold, even if you don't have an intimidating personality, maybe? Um, and so what was it like? I mean, did that, like, turn you off when she was, like, kind of in your face, coming to this college retreat? Or, or how did you process that? Was that good in that moment? I think it was good because there's a certain way to be blunt and a jerk and a certain way to be bold and inviting and loving. Yeah. And she was, she was excited about me. And mm -hmm. so... Hmm. I want to mimic that when I meet people, and I truly want to be excited. I don't want to fake it either, you know? Yeah. And so that might be part of my personality. I'm extroverted, but I think if we pray for God to really allow us to love people, like that's what he calls us to do, then, mm -hmm. you know, he's going to give us excitement about these people yeah. in our lives. And certainly, like, you knowing how she approached you, that gives you courage, like, yeah. I mean, I don't have to be her, but I, I know how bold she is, so I could try to be a little bold right. if, you know. So. And the worst they're going to say is, no thanks. And But they're still going to be like, oh, that was really nice of her to ask me. Yeah. You know, like, it's not. She cared about me like right. she, like I mean something to her for some reason. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you for sharing yeah. your story. I'm actually going to focus um, the attention on Connor's story. I'd like to ask you. Um, so, Connor, tell us about... Um, your conversion story. Um, just want another kind of story in the mix there. How did you come to know the Lord? What What's your background? Yeah, so um, I was in a pretty bad place, quite honestly. Um, I came up in a house that loved um, sports and church, and uh, I, I fell more in the church category, but I didn't love Jesus. Um, and so I was, this was progressing into high school. I was just basically letting all... Um, sense of morality slip and that was like the only thing that I had as any sense of identity as I was the goody two shoes I was a good kid I was like the kid that the other parents were like I'm glad that you hang out with my son mm. and eventually yeah. I just didn't even care about that and so I was in a I was in a really bad place um and I was actually um drunk uh, one night in high school and a friend of mine came to the party where all the rest of us were getting drunk and uh he had just had a conversion experience himself and he felt the Lord pressing on his heart to come talk to us, um, everyone at the party or everyone who would listen. And I knew he was out there. I knew he was bugging somebody else. And I, I was the religious dude in the group. Mm -hmm. So I said, I'll, you know, I'll go appease Seth. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll take care of this. I'll <laughs> agree with him and nod my head. Um, Sacrifice when I went out there, I, you know, we had this very agreeable conversation. Now it was, it was basically him saying like, you of all people, you should see the, the hypocrisy in your life. And mm -hmm. he basically and, you know, the same way, very blunt, um, kind of called me on the BS that I was putting out, and he said I was going to hell. Um, and that night I basically wow. told him to shove it, um, that he was that he was wrong and he had no right. Um, over the next several months I actually went to my, hear, my ear and through that just like him being honest and saying like, dude, come on, you know this isn't true. 
mm-hmm. um, came to came to know the Lord through that. So was he a good friend of yours? You said, or was he an acquaintance? Or yeah, he was. Um, <laughs> at, at the time, we had grown up together in like I think Venn diagram. Like I had my really close gr- group of friends, and he mm-hmm. had his really close group of friends, mm-hmm. and we were like intersecting. Yeah. Um, and probably the year prior to that, we'd grown closer, but not like lifelong, really great friends. Yeah. So. So it was pretty bold then. I mean, you were you were you knew each other. You you know ran the same circles, but it was pretty bold then for him also to just kind of. Yeah, he had a friend to lose. You know, yeah. you think of what is there to lose. I could have yeah. ran him off at that moment. So. So in the same kind of vein as what I asked Emily, do you think that that experience with him? shapes your your vision or how you share the gospel with others how does how does maybe the way that you came to christ and knowing like that passion he had for you does that shape at all the way that you share the gospel i think absolutely because what what seth was able to do um was he was able to see through my facade and more importantly he was able to see through kind of the the very trite um, half answers that I had developed for myself mm-hmm. um, that like my life was about being moral and mm-hmm. he knew that wasn't satisfying to me. Um, and he, he saw all my pat answers, all my cliche, everything happens for a reason. I could speak a little bit of churchy language. Um, and, and because he did that and that was my experience um, when I'm, when I'm speaking to someone about the gospel um, and they throw something like that out there, mm-hmm. um, I want to press more on that. Right. Um, like when a coworker will say something like, you know, I, I just want to get through school because then I'll be, then I'll just be so much happier, which is, which hap- has happened recently. But like, can hmm. I, I'll be like, can I challenge that? What, hmm. what if you're not, you know, kind of thing. So it opens doors, certainly. I mean, it, it was something that God did for you. I mean, in the same way, like we were talking with the bold um, campus nurse with Emily, her seeing that boldness kind of gives her courage. I mean, you know that that was how God reached you. So, I mean, you have a friend to lose, but somebody stuck their neck out for you. Exactly. That's kind of cool. And thank you guys for sharing your stories. Um, Emily, I'm going to go back to you a little bit, um, tail, you know, dovetailing off of that. So I want to ask you about how your, come on, Candy, no. (laughs) I want to ask you about how you're uniquely shaped by God, um, sharing the gospel and how God has has formed your gifts and your personality. Um, And what I mean by this is, for example, like me, um, so I'm wired to enjoy like really deep, kind of intense conversations, right? Like, right? Um, And so for that reason, like I find that God puts in my life like those sort of like tough atheist people or skeptical people or people who are just like hard to talk to for most others. Like I love those types of people. Um, and so that's how God's wired me. I had a friend in college who was really athletic, um, you know, really outgoing. And so he used his personality to, you know, reach out to other athletes. And he was very winsome in that kind of scenario. What do you think, like, God has done using your giftings? What, are, what, what is your personality and giftings, if we, if we had to tag that? Um, I would say I'm extroverted, and I think, like what I was saying earlier, um, I, want people, I want people to feel welcome. Um, I think it's also important to bring people into your community. Um, it might not be right away. I also really do like deep conversations. I don't care for the angry conversations, which, you know, maybe we're not all wired that way, but I want to get better at. Um, but like I do like the, really intense. yeah, yeah, that yeah. scares me. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but I think the deep conversations where, you know, I'm asking them about their life and they're telling me and that kind of evolves. It's very organic. Um, that's probably more my personality. Um, but I also think that I was thinking this for some reason when he was talking, but um, just how we need to invite those people into community sooner or later, um, hmm. sooner probably, um, just because, you know, your one-on-ones with them is good, um, but there could be someone at church at your community group that is going to speak into them how you can't, um, that the spirit is working in this other person. And, you know, I, this did happen recently, I think. Um, um, a friend came to a community group that I've been, you know, speaking into her, and John ends up asking her, you know, if she needs Jesus, and they said yes. And so it's mm-hmm. just an example of where you are totally humbled in that because you're like, this isn't about how many people I save personally, but like, how can we like kind of team up, you know, like yeah. and be encouraged that way. But um, that's good. So yeah, that was, that was a good, like humble check for yeah. me where I'm like, yeah, it's not about how many people I personally save, but like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. If I could embarrass you even more, I would say like, I would <laughs> tag you as a person who's just really good at at bringing others into community. Like that's like one of your niche gifts. And I think anybody who knows you kind of knows that. So it's cool to hear that like, you know, story of somebody recently even who you're able to love on. They are, they feel comfortable enough knowing you to come into your space with your people. And that community is the church, you know, that's able to then care for her soul. You know, she wasn't necessarily expecting or or thinking would happen. So. Which, sort of which doesn't mean you don't ask those hard questions. That's something I learned, too, is that, mm-hmm. you know, I do need to ask for the response. Like Yeah, so you don't say, okay, right. I'm going to get you here, and then, and then pass not, no responsibility yeah, over yeah. that. But, yeah. but it's good to have that group to either remind you to do that mm-hmm. or that to just speak to them in a different way. And yeah. They need to hear it. Yeah, it's good. So, so we've kind of heard, you know, Connor and Emily's stories, um, you know, Connor... Um, kind of coming to Christ, like in this this really defined moment, Emily being pursued by God over time, but not that Connor wasn't, but she's got this story where in college, like being pursued by a campus minister. So this, this is good to kind of just kind of warm us up and be talking about um, just how we came to Christ. But I want to switch gears and talk about sharing our faith with neighbors and friends. So specifically, like when we think about neighbors, like they're not people we just meet at the store, they're long-term kind of relationships. And even just friends that we've known for a really long time, like how do we share our faith with long-time friends? So, Candy, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take this your direction here. Um, so I know that you have a neighbor that um, you've currently been pursuing with the gospel. Am I right? So um, you've been friends with her for a long time, and I know like you've talked about that you you commonly bring up your faith in conversation with her. So I just want to ask, like, how did you begin sharing the gospel with her? Like, did you just, like, one day drop a gospel bomb and, you know, I hope, it, you know, I hope everything's fine? Or, um, you know, was it, was it a longer period of time that you, what, did, what happened there? Can you give us that? That's a good story you can tell. I'm just doing this for you guys. It's for you. Tone it down, babe. <laughs> This is for you. (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, my neighbor and her husband moved in two doors down. Moved in probably 13 years ago. I mean, Mm -hmm. forever ago. When they moved in, Haley was like 
two or three. So Haley's 17, okay? So 15 years ago, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. It's been a while. Um, and so I just wanted to – I love young couples. You guys know that. I love young adults. And so we just knocked on the door. They were pretty much newlyweds. They'd been married like a year. And she was a school teacher, so we immediately had that to talk about. So um, – and they didn't have any kids yet or whatever. So, uh, um, and when we knocked on the door and probably took cookies or something, I don't know. She, uh, her husband, he's so funny. We just love him. And he was like, oh, sorry, we haven't met you guys yet, but we're pretty shy. <laughs> like, you can meet your neighbor at the door and say that. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well, it's real nice to meet you. So, uh, yeah, but we're shy, but we're going to shut But, um, you know, they've just been a big part of our life. Um, they were college runners at Southern, and so uh, once Maddie got to junior high level and I convinced her she could run, within a year, less than that, I don't know how long, there was no way I could run with her. Mm -hmm. And so I asked Becky to run with her. And by this time, they had a couple babies. She had like three, she was a school teacher, but then she quit because she had three kids, little girls mm -hmm. in a row. And so, um, and so that just made for good just relationship so a lot of it was relationship building mm -hmm. um we knew they went to the catholic church they still do go to the catholic church um when things have happened events life has happened um my parents dying mm -hmm. different things especially those things um i've i've taught gospel yeah. to her um and she'll nod and i she'll kind of agree with me and I've had different opportunities to kind of press her but mm -hmm. but I'm not good with that so do you need Jesus in your heart like if you really asked him to be your Lord and Savior kind of question I'm really I'm just like telling her my story frequently mm -hmm. um and I know you you and it's hard it's hard because of that mm -hmm. I think like she came to she came to Haley's baptism mm -hmm. oh wow you know and so I was really glad that they Baptism is very important in Catholic Church, of course. So mm -hmm. I was going to invite them. They were going to come to that. So, um, and they're very involved in the Catholic Church. But we've talked a little bit about, you know, that her girls have gone through confirmation and stuff like that. And, you know, what do you think of that? Mm -hmm. And I've tried. I, I can probe sometimes and other yeah. times. I want to go back to one of the things you mentioned. Um, back at the beginning of this relationship, you know, you've known her for 15 years. Um, you said you probably brought her cookies or something the first time. So it sounds like, you know, if we're, we're practically speaking about it, the, the relationship might have just started by something as simple as you guys bringing cookies or something. So yeah. it's, it's not like you were going around your neighborhood with a gospel track, right? Like these are life no. things that you're... Life, that's right. I mean, when you talk about how you shared the gospel, you said, I mean, when my you know, parents passed away, like those were opportunities. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily like you were like waiting in your house for their car to get home and you're like, no, I'm going to go. Like, like these were just like, this was your right. life. That yeah. was her life. And yeah. as you found yourselves, yeah. you know, having things in common, running or, you know, three daughters or whatever mm -hmm. it is, like God gave you those natural opportunities, yeah. you know, in that space. Yeah. So um, I think one other thing that you mentioned, Candy, is that that sharing the gospel is something like a lifestyle. It's not like a lifestyle of seed planting, I think seed is planting. how you, yeah. can you... Can you kind of expound on what that yeah. means a little bit? What do you mean by a lifestyle well, of seed planting? Well, Emily referred to that, right? When she was saying she developed a relationship with this person, she took her to community group, mm -hmm. and John was able to just be at the right time when the Holy Spirit was saying, was calling that person, the Lord was calling that person, and John asked the question, and she said yes. So hmm. it wasn't a one, it's not a one person job mm -hmm. to get, I mean, it's 
it's all of our jobs to be got living gospel. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, where and so you never know. You'll meet yeah. people and you'll think, well, that wasn't much of a relationship. You know, they moved away or whatever, and then God will use somebody else down mm-hmm. the road and somebody else down the road, and that's just seed planting. So yes. I just think it's so. So, yeah, like so rather than like what when you said that, like we don't count how many people like we've personally been there when they prayed, but mm-hmm. we should always be planting. Yeah, seeds. because sometimes like there might be situations where you know we we might need to share the gospel from beginning to end and be hoping in that moment that somebody would come to Christ. But there's there's definitely room in evangelism where yeah. we we're not necessarily the one that's going from planting to harvesting right like right. that's and kind that's, of what i'm and that's hearing what paul says right one plants one mm-hmm. waters mm-hmm. you know so that's yeah yeah can i add something to that yep. yes please please do uh so this feels weird with the mic with like seven people <laughs> i know this is awesome candy you did great is it hello no okay um, <laughs> so basically just i think it's really important especially in our culture that when we are talking to people about Jesus and we're building relationships, that we also aren't just looking for them to agree with what we're mm-hmm. saying, but we look for transformation in their life. Yeah. Um, specifically, who Emily's talking about, they would have been ready to say, I believe everything you say and agree with everything you said about six months before they actually would have been saved. Mm-hmm. So I had to be there, and they'd say, so what's next? How do we become members of the church? Like, well, at first you become saved. Okay. So they read the verses I tell them. Again, it's like, okay, I think, yeah. So tell them, here's the list of checkoffs. Do you believe this about Jesus? Do you believe this? Yep, yep, yep. What's next? But I could sense on myself, I don't really believe you're saved. You're just checking this off. So I'm like, honestly, next steps is pray more, keep reading, keep meeting with Emily, and let's keep talking, Um, which I think was frustrating because it wasn't the checkbox. But we just need to be very careful because we've narrowed down the gospel in our culture to being people saying yes to uh, a phrase rather than actually being transformed, which is what's made our culture this way, is we've made it to an invitation down the center aisle versus an actual transformation of the spirit and then testing and really trying to dive into it. Is it awkward? Yeah. Is it awesome? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's both those things. So you just got to know that. And that. That's why it's relational. It's mm-hmm. not just check it off the list. So I yeah. just wanted to add into what you're saying. That's really good. I like that delineation and clarification, John. Thank you. Um, I want to kind of switch gears unless somebody else has something on that. It's in the same vein. Um, we, you know, we kind of talked about how you were introducing the gospel to your neighbors. And this is a question for all of you. Um, if you if you feel like you've got a good good thought on this. So is there a wrong time to share the gospel then? Like, you know, we can bring cookies and then maybe we drop a gospel bomb or maybe we don't. I don't know. Is there, talk about that. Do you think that there's a wrong time that we can be like, oh, here's the gospel. What do you guys think? It's back to me. (laughs) No, I I would just say like when we're, the times that are wrong is when it's become idolatry for us. And what I mean by that is this person's a project because you're looking at ourselves or this is self-centered. We're not actually loving them. So there's been times where I've sh- I need to go share the gospel with somebody, but in reality, I'm making it about me feeling better. Mm-hmm. So I need to repent of that first, and then I still need to go share. So as far as the wrong time, I think there's so much of the spirit you have to discern in regards to, hey, does this make sense? Hey, where am I at, God? Maybe talking with somebody else to make sure you're not living out of fear and talking yourself out of it. But really, 
my advice would just be the wrong time is when you're seeing them as a project mm. because that's honestly not about God or about them. It's honestly about you. And I think that's, um, that's the spirit check you have to ask to be like, hey, should I go do this? Well, am I doing it out of faith because I love them or am I doing it out of fear because honestly I just want to feel better about myself? Well, yeah. God can use anything according to Philippians 1, but the reality of it is is that you still probably need to repent of that first. Mm. I don't know if that helps. I was going to give a real life example of that from yeah, please. from a time that I've done it really, really poorly um, because I feel like the sacrilegious uh, answer to your question is yes, there is a wrong time, yeah. but I think that seems wrong to say that. Um, and I still don't know how I feel about the con- the idea of like, wh- when are you actually sharing the gospel? Are you sharing it when you speak mm-hmm. the four laws gospel? Or are you sharing, right. you know, because there are times where y- it's a, it's the moment to speak very plainly about the gospel and just being a nice person isn't necessarily sharing the gospel, but you know you can also be the light of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so a situation where I might have, I, maybe I should have um, leaned towards that end of the spectrum, where just being present, being loving, um, was a friend of mine. Uh, the day before, he, uh, his sister had came, come to him with his dad's cell phone and saying, "Read the messages," and they discovered that his dad was having an affair. Um, and his dad, when they confronted him, said, uh, you can't tell your mom. Um, wow. And he had no intention of telling their mom. bad place to be in. So my friend, um, he had been visiting home. He was back in school. And he's just distraught. You know, at this point, I would say I'm not sure he was convinced of, of, of uh, Jesus. I don't think mm-hmm. he was a Christian, probably. Um, and, like, for whatever dumb reason like I thought that was the time and the place to ask him to confess Christ and like, like I, in the midst of his pain about not knowing what to do the dude, yeah the dude's sobbing in a dorm room s- surrounded by his, some mm. of his best friends in the world and you're like I need to tell you the gospel like this a is the moment like and I think there was something good natured in it like th- he was hopeless and w- we were like we were trying to offer him hope and my version of that was sit here and listen to the systematic gospel um, and at the end, let's pray a prayer, which, mm-hmm. silly enough. Um, and, like, in the moment, what he really needed was a hug. Yeah. And, like, a dude, yeah. this sucks, and we're just going to be here for you. Um, and so that's one of those that's one of those moments that I just think the love of Christ is going to speak louder than, like, the uh, correct presentation of the gospel yeah. and all the words in the right order, you know. And so um, just being, I think the moral of that for me is by being mindful of uh, the situation and the context you know, it's not an excuse to never be plain and clear about the gospel, mm-hmm. um, but it very much has to do with what John said in order, like, in the vein of, like, I was just doing that because I I wanted to be the dude that converted them in that moment. Yeah. It just, it was all for me. Yeah. So. The idolatry of that. Yeah, um, like, what a great evangelist I am to yeah. see his need and step in. <coughs> yeah. So. I, I would confess I've done the same thing. Um, so I think in your... In your journey of being Christian, I feel like you kind of go all sides of that pendulum spectrum, you know, until you're like, you know, I really need to be relying on the spirit, um, which I'd like to get into um, pretty soon, actually. But I want one more question um, in that. And one thing you said, um, Connor, that I always think of, there's this quote that hangs up at St. John's, and it says, um, it's from St. Francis, and it says something like, don't share the gospel with your word, share it with your deeds. 
there's kind of something you were talking about at the beginning, like of your statement, just like it's exactly the quote I was alluding to. By yeah. The way. Okay. So that came to mind, but you know, at the same time, that's the pendulum too. Like there are times that we have to share the gospel with our words. Right. And sometimes, like in the Rico Tice book, it you know the word the word sharing makes us cross that pain line, right? Like where the pain line being like we might get rejected, and that's gonna really suck, you know. Um, but there's other times that sharing the gospel doesn't mean you know, it might be wrong to share the gospel by just going through the four spiritual laws. What The way that you might be needing to share the gospel right now is cookies or a hug or, you know, just knowing in that moment what they need and stop thinking about yourself and how you can insert, you know, insert yourself yeah. into that, that situation, you know, so. Yeah, well, and I think I, I, it's something like, and so maybe I'll help with like preach the gospel when necessary, use words. Right. And that implies yeah. that the majority of time you should not be right. speaking the gospel plainly. And that's when I, I'm like, eh, you know, I don't know if mm -hmm. we go quite that far. Um, but there is a, there's a good heart in it of like, look, there mm -hmm. are moments when, like, hopefully you're talking to this person about the gospel in other contexts. But there are moments where they just need to be loved and cared mm -hmm. for and shown that someone uh, is there for them in that moment. Um so I would say it's m necessary more than off more often than not to use words, mm -hmm. um, but I would say when necessary, just use just use the love of Christ. Yeah, yeah that's good. Um, going back to just what we've kind of been been talking about, like maybe there's there's this period where um, we become sensitive to the Spirit and get a little better. I know for me, there's a period of my life where I've gotten a little better at trying to be sensitive to the Spirit, and not checking off boxes. Um, and sometimes that's necessary just to learn how to share your faith and be bold. But eventually, I think. We really do need to try to listen and hone in on the spirit. So I got I got kind of a convoluted question. I want to I want to see if you guys can see where I'm going with this. So don't you like that I'm setting you up for like failure here? Um, so here's what I want to ask. So going off of when might be a good time to share your faith with somebody. Um, so in light of everything we just said, sometimes it feels like there can be a tension though between like forcing it like maybe the spirit's telling me right now but this like maybe not like i have you guys ever been in that situation where you are hesitant and what do you do with that and, and i think my underlying question is how do i know it's the spirit like what does the spirit sound like you know help us out with that a little bit and i i think i'm posing it to john and connor a little bit um but i, I want anybody to just jump in as they're as they're kind of thinking and processing through that You're making fun of me because she can tell when I have something to say. <laughs> uh, she does know it. Like, Alyssa, at, how, at our house, sir, I'll be like, what, what are you about to say? Be like, why? Because you're moving. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so two things I would say, and this is just for clarity's sake. Um, one would be, before we get in that, if that's okay, back to what they were talking about. Please. The one, uh, just because it's confused in our world, so I would just want to say it. Us going and loving people is not sharing the gospel, okay? Sharing the evangelion is sharing the words of the gospel. We mm -hmm. can share the love of Christ. We can be evidence of the change of the gospel. But when it comes to if we said, am I shared the gospel with somebody, the reality is, have I told them how they can be reconciled back to God through Jesus? If not, I've not shared the gospel. So we Which, need to be careful on how we define correct. even just the, the word gospel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just so. that's good clarity here. Even. So just because the terminology gospel is used in our world a lot for like a blanket of a lot of things. So really, I think God uses it so that our transformed lives. First Peter talks about live in such a way 
share the hope of Christ when people ask so that people, when people malign you, um, they'll look like the fool. So the reality is we need to live and speak at the same time. The discernment of when do we press is, comes down to the spirit. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to connect that dot. It yeah, makes me feel thank better. you. Um, so back to the spirit. How do you know when you're hearing from the spirit or not? Basically, so high level, fear and faith. Okay. So if in this moment, uh, am I keeping, is this desire to share the gospel with somebody? Is it burdened out of faith of there's instinct in me of God? Is this faith? Is this something you're driving? Or is it fear over how I'm going to feel if I don't? That's the best way I can just try to really narrow it down of is this from God? Is it not? Well, does it match his word first? Yes, sharing the gospel matches his word. Great. Okay. Does this make sense timing wise? Is this guy in a spot where this really makes sense? Is this about me or is it about God? Mm. Or is it about him? Well, right now, it really be about him and about God would be loving him because I'm making it about me if I do something different. And then the third would just be, am I functioning out of fear or faith in this moment? Meaning, and this is where you have to trust that God wants to know and ask somebody else, hey, I'm thinking about, I'm overthinking about this. So I've talked to Sarah about it. I'm overthinking about it. Should I, should I not? And she can hear me speak and she can tell me, sounds like God's pressed on your heart to do it and you're making it complicated to do it. Or it sounds like you're scared that the whole world's going to fall apart if you don't do it. So right now your motive is fear. Hmm. It's, you're like, they're going to go to hell if I don't do this. Be like, well, you're, you're trying to take God's control. So right now you're fear-driven. So breathe a little, step back, and God will make it clear if it's out of faith. So that would just be really simple what hits me whenever I think, like, discern from the Spirit. There's a whole lot more we can talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's just a real s- simple way. First you think, does the Bible say it? Yes. Does it now make sense for whatever reason? Yes. Third, how am I functioning? Is it fear or faith? I've shared the gospel with our neighbor Jim a hundred times. That's an exaggeration. Probably like 25. But, you know, sometimes I'll be thinking about it. You know what? I'm taking a jog at 10 o'clock at night. I'll see his light on. There's been times I've went over there, and he's 94. (laughs) Um, There's been times I went over, turned 95 actually in October. But Mm -hmm. I've went over there, um, and it's not the best time because he's really sleepy. Um, but then there's been times where I've been burdened to go over there and it's out of faith and I go and we have awesome conversation. Other times it'll be out of fear and I'll tell Sarah, she's like, man, you're making this way too complicated. I don't think it's of God. I think you're trying to own this way mm. too much. So that's just tidbits. Yeah. So Yeah, that's good. Um, just just kind of bringing that back a little bit too. So you, you just mentioned a couple of times like this overthinking idea and something else you've mentioned before is the longer you wait, so this is something you've said, like the longer you wait to talk about Jesus and engage someone, the harder it can be, you know, to talk, to talk to them about it. And I'm just asking, you know, is that, is there a window have you found um, where you need to really share your faith and maybe the Spirit's not going to, you know, pull your heart towards them again? Or, or do we need to be that, that, is that the fearful, am I overthinking that? Do you, do you hear what I'm saying in that? I think so, but I don't think so at the same time. Okay. So you're welcome for that. So are you meaning, are there times where you share and then don't share more? Is that what you're asking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there a window of sharing? You can say yes, you uh, So for me personally. Yeah, you get it. Welcome to the spirit. Now, for me, <laughs> I think a lot of it comes down to, so I, I've always said this about Jesus and the gospels. There's three sets of people. One, he goes straight to and engages. Another set are people that come to him. And the third, he just walks by. So we're going to have all three sets, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. 
but certain people are just going to be more drawn to. So the way I really know how to find out is by prayer and asking God, but then two, um, when you're in conversation, what I found the best at work personally is I talk about Sarah. I talk about her boys. Why don't I talk about God just the same way, right? Hmm. So I was praying this morning, and then you know what blows people away when they're having life? And you're like, I'll pray for you, and then you literally come back the next day and ask them how it's going, or you literally pray for them in the moment. Like, I had a guy today, he's an actual Christian, 25 years, and I asked him at work, I said, can I pray for you? Because he's a manager above me, and he's like, yeah. And, I was, and, I was, and he's like, now? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, in 25 years, nobody's ever done this. And I'm like, wow. we can do it, man. It's in your office, and there's people behind us, but I don't care if yeah. you don't care. Um, but, but, I mean, I think a lot of it is that if we're wiring in God, if we know God, and we're close to God, and we talk about God like he's our friend and a part of our family, it becomes a lot more natural for one of them to have questions, but also mm. for us to start to bridge that gap because people will match your lingo hmm. um, and they'll start to either try to use God and you can ask questions like, oh, so where do you go to church? I don't know. So, so have you ever read the Bible? You know, and you can just start to peel away layers to yep. um, test the soil, if you will. No, that's good. I don't know if that's helpful or what. It is. Yes, please do. You want a mic? Just kidding. <laughs> Good question. It's good. What do you guys think? You want to start? Why don't you go? Wow. And I'll, I just well, talk. What if it's much. different than what I say? Then I will tell you that you're a genius, and here's <laughs> another perspective. <laughs> um, I would say that there maybe needs another step, like just to ask them if they've ever considered reading scripture with you. That's kind of my go-to. Um, some of the friends. Um, that have deepened their faith or come to Christ. Um, it started with a simple like, hey, I'm gonna do this study through James. Would you like to meet with me once a week or every other week or whatever? Um, granted, that's gotten harder with kids. I'm still trying to figure that out, um, how to do that again. Um, but it's, it's a way to like take that next step with them, maybe if you're stuck. Um, and it could just be really simple like, really just meeting with them and getting to know their life story too. Um, kind of what John was talking about, um, just kind of how to gauge people. One of my favorite things is to ask them what their life story is, which is pretty much them sharing their testimony without Jesus, <laughs> unless they know Jesus, but normally if you're reaching out to someone, they don't. Um, and that way they kind of tell you in their story like where they're at with God. And so then you can kind of know where to press or like where to start mm, with the gospel even um, you know and that kind of if you do start discipling them you kind of also know what parts of the gospel you really need to hit um, too like obviously you need to hit it all but um, maybe they're so you know stuck on doing all the good things like deeds whatever 
um, you really want to focus on grace of Jesus, um, and, like, that brings them hope, you know, so I think I'm kind of rambling now, but I think sometimes it does take in a step that's maybe out of their comfort zone and yours, and it's sometimes scarier with friends you've known for a while, but yeah. um, my best friend who... We've been best friends since third grade, um, and she knows that I love Jesus, and um, it didn't really, our relationship didn't deepen um, into a discipleship relationship until like two years ago when her husband cheated on her, and she um, wanted to know what to do, and so she turned to Jesus in that, <laughs> which was crazy, like they both did, and so she wanted me to disciple her pretty much, and so we met long distance, like we'd meet in the middle, and um, and so she, you know, ended up, I guess, coming to Christ, and, um, you know, it, I think sometimes you just have to, like, ask them if they want to do something different, as in sit down and read scripture, or it could just be a one-time thing, too, where you just get to know them and their life, and I usually don't ask them, let's meet weekly at the first time, like, let's just get coffee and talk about life, and then maybe after that, I'd be like, hey, would you like to yeah, would you like to meet and go over James? I'm really excited about this book, and, um, you know, are you interested at all? And they either said no or yes, but it's kind of yeah, an organic good. step, at least for me, and maybe it's not. I don't know. That was great. <laughs> but I had to do it to you. No, I'm just saying. I had to do it to you. So I not, totally disagree with you. Since we multiply you, community groups, I don't get to do this to Emily weekly, so I'm just <laughs> getting my shots in now. Um, sorry, you did you did great. Uh, I'm going to stop <laughs> teasing you. Um, so probably not the answer you want, but we'll see. Uh, so basically, uh, I hear what you're saying. Basically, too, you have to guard, because I think what can happen very easily is we start to become an excuse. Like, I don't feel it. So since I don't feel it, I don't need to do it. Like, the, hard, the problem is, is that for biblically, we have to be very careful, because I don't feel like taking the trash out. I don't feel like serving my family. I don't feel like doing a lot of things. So what we can do is we can become very calloused very quick because we, we rely on feeling versus truth. Um, so at the same time, that doesn't mean I think you just fire full ahead. So a couple things to me. One would just be kind of, uh, I, I have three things, but the first one before I get to the three, so I guess I have four, um, is trying to gauge the soil, right? And the disciples, when they went out, however they did it, they went amongst and Jesus told them as he sent them out two by two, go speak those who reject you don't really want a piece of you shake off the dust go to the next so in some sense you you have to know that you're on a uh, god has sent us all on a seek and find mission in regards to who he's calling and saving but we know according to acts 16 and 17 that the people around us he's put there to hear the gospel so if you mm. care about them and you're friends with them you're you're, you're on the seek and find so really your next one is just to kind of discern hey, when do I need to take the step one? And when am I not okay with it? Like, are you okay a year from now having the same exact relationship with them? If you're not, then you start to be like, you know, I really need to pray about this more. Um, a real simple way I've found is to pray for somebody. Like, literally to just be talking to them. Be like, hey, I don't think I've ever done this before for you. But, but is there anything going on? Or you know something's going on with the kids. Hey, could I pray for you real quick? Just try, like, see what God might do. The Holy Spirit might show up, even just right then, like, you just don't know that door that's opening up. And then they may just not want to talk to you about certain things, or maybe they really don't want to talk after that, but you just never know what could, uh, could happen. The second one would just be um, guard from excuses. 
because that's where most of us want to fall if we don't feel like we don't do it. And the third is, this is the part that nobody likes, but you're welcome for it in advance. So this is from Hebrews 5, uh, 5 verse 14. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their, who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice distinguish good from evil. So this is talking about obedience to God and the Bible. But the principle is, you know how they learned and grow? They tried. Hmm. They tried. They practiced and they tried. So part of it comes to being sensitive to the spirit, comes with trying. So for me, what I've seen God work for me, so Emily, uh, you know, says how she presses and she goes with the Bible. You know, hey, would you like to maybe talk about the Bible or tell me about your life? For me, I pray for a lot of people and see what happens there. But then also, um, I ask God, like God's before giving me kind of like a phrase to start a conversation or a question to ask somebody that's very pointed. But I have so much confidence asking that question. Hey, Darren Ralph, have you ever heard the gospel before? And I didn't know Darren. He just was a guy at work. But I felt like that's what I was supposed to say. And Darren's response to me was like, are you kidding me? I was like, crap, you're huge. (laughs) Uh, No, have you heard the gospel before? Are you serious? Yes, have you heard the gospel before? I feel like God wanted me to ask you that question. He goes, I I haven't thought about God in eight years. And yesterday in the car, I thought about him for the first time in eight years. Wow. And that started everything with the conversation with Darren. So all that to say is, someone's going to be trial and error, I think. The spirit lives in you, and he wants to communicate through you. And we have to get over our insecurity of not trying something to see was that the spirit or not. Hmm. So I don't know if that helps at all. Yeah, but good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you did. I love You're you, Emily. Practical. Andrea, was it Jason's story that like his best friend was like a pastor's kid or something, and like he like never took him to like a conference or shared the gospel, and like it wasn't until how old they were, and Jason's like, Why didn't you tell me? Yeah. Like that that was like a horror story to me in my mind. Like when he said that, like how many people like you know what I mean, like right now have I just like oh not today, you know, like oh tomorrow or you know, I'll wait until that you know. So even just your husband's story has been a good I don't know, thing to hang in the back of my mind. Does anybody else have anything to say in regards to Holy Spirit and the way that he communicates through us, how you know that he's wanting in this moment to communicate through us. Um, anything that we've just been discussing? I want to cut off that, that stream of thought. Um, another thing, maybe it's, it's too obvious to say, um, but uh, something worth acknowledging. We often do know it's the time that the Spirit is putting it on our hearts and we're trying to back out. Um, and so my encouragement in that time is just don't, <laughs> again, it's, it's almost too obvious, but there are moments when we're, we're thinking like, Lord, like I just hear this loud and clear. Um, yeah. there's an open door wide open. It's the right time. I've, I've even got this, the scripture in my mind ready for this exact moment. Um, and I'm just looking for reasons that this is not going to work in my heart. Mm. And so, um, just go. As you're in your day-to-day and you're having those experiences, um, it's just, it just helps to be aware that that's our, that's our tendency to be looking for those excuses to back out. Oh, no well, is our, in, our instinct, not yes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so when you're in that moment, you can say, like, you know what? No, like, 
I'm going to choose to be obedient right now. Mm. Um, so, so double think on that. When you, when you think no, give it another shot. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, again, there, there's, there's moments where um, you're driven by fear. You're driven um, by things that are unbiblical. And um, there are other moments where there's, there's literally nothing stopping you. There should be nothing stopping you from sharing the gospel in this moment. Yeah. Um, and you're still looking for something. So be aware that, the, that we're prone to do that and, and ask the spirit mm-hmm. to help you fight that. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that, you know, something, John, you said uh, that I've found true is that that idea that people tend to mimic the tone that you have in a conversation. Mm-hmm. So that's still a very practical point. But, you know, I have noticed that at work or wherever I am, if I don't act weird <laughs> about asking them a spiritual question, they kind of, you know, not every time. Sometimes you'll get the Darren Ralph, like, you know, like whatever reaction. But sometimes they're just, they just go with it. And it's amazing, like, what people will just open up and let you, you know, pray for them. Or they'll share their whole spiritual story and you weren't expecting it, you know. And so, anyway, I, I think that that was an encouraging thought you know, to bring to mind and just something that gives me a little bit of courage, you know, to, to remember. Um, but, but talking about coworkers, um, I want to talk a little bit more about that specific situation. We we're talking about neighbors before and longtime friends. Um, so Connor, I'm going to ask you this, um, you know, I've heard you talk a lot about, um, just these like relationships and conversations you have with people at work. And so one of the questions I want to ask you is, um, and I've heard you say this statement too, like it's important to talk about your life. That was something John was alluding to, not just talking about the weather. Um, so just can you can you talk about like how do you get into these practical spiritual conversations with people at work? And then you don't just do it once. Like you're just constantly like you know wherever you are, you're always in these conversations with your coworkers. How does that happen exactly? Yeah. Well, so the the starting point for me on a lot of things is self awareness. I mean, I just talked about that. Um, but, but it starts with being aware that most of office conversations are silly or cynical. Um, they're silly. They're about the weather. They're about nothing. They're just, we don't want to be talking right now. So let's, let's say something and let's be done with it. Hmm. Um, or they're cynical, like, man, boss ladies really coming down on us or these doggone customers. Mm -hmm. Um, they typically falls into one of those two categories. And the first step is to know that like (laughs) we, so, well, not the first step, I guess it'd be the second step, but like you can challenge the status quo on that. Um, and so when my buddy is doing the thing that all coworkers do and he's speaking with a cynical tone about his life or, you know, not about Kids. being strapped for cash or yeah, for yeah, him, I it's being in nursing school and his cousin has everything that he wants in life. Um, rather than being like, Oh no, man, life sucks. Ha ha. You know, yeah. it's, it's like a, can you tell me like, do you mind me telling me more about that? Like what, what is your greatest, like, what do you really want out of life? And, that's just weird for people, <laughs> you know, because they they just want to go back to sitting at their desk and doing whatever they're like doing. Like when you said that, I literally heard that like sound effect of when they take the needle off the record. It's like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, <laughs> Connor asks yeah. a question. Everybody's like, what did he just ask? And the thing with, so yeah, my big thing about talking about your life, not the weather, um, is that, so Christians, we read Bibles and we go to church and we go to Christian concerts and it's okay to admit those things, right? At so work. At work, yeah. yeah, like it's it's, sure? o- it's okay <laughs> when they say like, "How was your weekend?" You could be like, "It was great." You know, we had this big um, family dinner at church, and uh, 
dude smoked up some good pork and uh, had a really good conversation with another dude. Yeah. Like, or how, what, what do you got on the rock? What are you doing tonight? You know, you're going home to drink beer. That's cool. Whatever. Um, I got tickets to whatever concert. You know, like it's okay to admit what you're about. Yeah. Um, and if nothing else, they're, they're going to at least know you're the dude who claims to be a Christian and is going to ask you questions. Yeah. Um, and so, and I used this phrase earlier. This is one that um, has a pretty high success rate. <laughs> but it's, it's this idea of politely asking to challenge notions. And so when someone says something huh. that they just expect you to, to agree with, like, ugh. Um, Kids are so crazy. Yeah. You can be like, can I challenge that? One, one that was very recent was, um, it was crazy. It was, it was the day after the Vegas shooting. And I don't, it was, we had that conversation in the morning, because you, you do, you have that conversation after a major tragedy like that. And then something later on, it was totally separated uh, one of my coworkers said something about like how people are good, and I was baffled by the disparity between those two. Mm. And I said, like, Hannah, do you mind if I challenge that? And like, being first, people are going to be defensive, but they're also going to be like, well, he asked politely, so let's give, <laughs> you know, like, so that's let's honestly hear. that leads to a lot of them, like, how do you how do you square that with like the corruption that we see at large? And those are just questions that honestly in the workplace it's rich for harvest because they're not used to hearing those questions hmm. and so ask a lot of questions be thoughtful be mindful and, and just stray away from the silly and cynical yeah. as much as you can that's good. so that's so true about work like we just get into this rhythm of like what like the conversations that we talk about and even if you know i like that politely challenging the status quo um i think that's a really cool strategy that you use um but even if we're just like you said like you know, the, the other night I was at church and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's funny because I feel like Christians, like, how many times am I going to say the word like? Um, they, <laughs> we, like, hide our, <laughs> see? We hide our faith, I feel like. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know where that comes from or when that started, but it's, like, in, in American culture, like, we are, like, I don't want to tell you that I'm doing all these Christian things. But that should be something, we shouldn't be, like, these closet Christians, not right. just because we want to be evangelists, but because that is like not the point of even being a Christ follower. The only reason we're here is to share Christ until he returns, you know, and so I wouldn't say the only reason we're here, but the the biggest, one of the biggest things that he said, the Great Commission, you know, like go and tell people about me, you know, and so it's like funny that we don't want to tell people just normal things that we're doing that's normal to us. That's a breath of fresh air to people who don't know what that looks like, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know. That was just some, something that kind of came to my mind as you were. Well, and I mean, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but like we enjoy the things we yeah. do. Yeah. Like, I enjoy worship. Yeah. I enjoy community group. Yeah. I, like Christian. These are things sometimes. that it's okay to admit that we enjoy, <laughs> and honestly, n convincing someone uh, of the gospel um, just by using just like c strictly apologetics. Um, it's difficult. It happens. It's difficult, though. Mm -hmm. um, but you share with someone the, the, the value. You, you convince them of how rich it is for you and your experience, your life. Um, and eventually their ears turn up and like, oh, maybe I would want a part of that. Mm -hmm. You know, and so talk about like, you know, I went I went to church. I had a great time. Um, I got to know the Lord more deeply. Um, and I spent time with people who who love the Lord and they love me. Mm -hmm. You're like. That's honestly, that's the dude at work. He's yeah. like, I don't have any friends. Like, come meet my friends because they're pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, so 
That's awesome. Like I love that. That's just, I don't know. To me, that's the light in a dark place kind of thing that I see in, in that example. So does anybody else have anything to say about the coworkers? Because I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, we might come back to that, but we're running out of time, and I want to hit a couple other questions. Anybody, anybody here have anything they want to follow up with what's been said? Throw your hand every time. Okay. Get the hand down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can make something up right now. Um, so I want to I want to go to parenting a little bit, um, just for just for a little while, sharing the gospel and parent. <laughs> and uh, I like that reflex there. <laughs> you're not you're not doing it already. Uh, we gotta talk to you afterwards. Uh, all right. So so that was good. So I, I actually I'm gonna ask I'm gonna start with Candy. Um, so you guys you got that one, um, Candy. So I want to talk about sharing our faith with our kids, okay, but kids don't stay babies for long, right? Like, it's like their job to grow up, I'm telling you what. Every day, I don't know, they have more hair, more skills, and I don't know what's going on. So, um, I don't know what that means. You can just go with it, all right? <laughs> okay, so, um, if, you're, if your kid is a baby, if your kid is a toddler, if your kid is, you know, I don't know, seven or eight, your kid's a preteen, teen, what does it look like? What does the gospel look like when you're sharing your faith with your kids? What does evangelism to your kid look like at those stages? I know that's a huge question, but can you can you give us glimpses of how did you how did you share the gospel at different ages and, and what did you, you know, experience and how they wanted to understand it as they got older? What are your thoughts on any of that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He wants to know. You guys know. You guys are doing a great job. Let me just say that to y'all, parents. Uh, seriously. You guys are doing a wonderful job loving your kids and telling them about Jesus. Everybody in this room that I know loves Jesus. That's what I did. I just did like you guys did, right? You tell them about Jesus. Jesus loved you. Jesus made you. You sing to your kids when they're babies, and you sing songs about Jesus to them, and you tell them when the leaves are, are turning colors, God is, God is turning the leaves colors. And when they fall, I said, see, God has put the trees to sleep. I said that so many years to my kids. He has. Hmm. He's going to wake them up in the spring, but right now it's wintertime, and they're sleeping, and then God's going to wake them up. And then you talk about, look, the leaves are coming out, and God's waking them up. So it's just, it's your whole life of, it's the hmm. seed planting that you're doing just with your children. So they see God's power is what you talk about all the time. God's creation. God, because they can see it in when they're little, what he's done. Mm -hmm. um, I feel yeah, like and then you get to the age of uh, salvation, right? So that's, and that's tricky. That's tricky. That's a tricky place to be because we want our kids to come into salvation of themselves. You don't want to. You don't want them to just want to be pleasing mom and daddy so much that they're going to say yes, like a coworker or whatever. You don't want that. Um, you don't want to also deny the spirit's work in their life, even if they're young. So it's it's discernment is huge in that mm -hmm. and. Um, I mean, I told you my story. So when I was nine, and and that I think a lot of times that's a, that's not a good age to be saved. But there is something about that older elementary age that they I really knew I was a sinner. I mean, I really got that. I knew when I did wrong things. Um, 
my kids were younger than that. All of my girls were younger. They were like five, six, and I was like, I don't really know that you know what mm -hmm. you're talking about. Um, but Charles and I had to trust the Lord and trust yeah. each other yeah. when they were asking questions, and their their faith was simple at those. Sure. But it wasn't less real. And my older yeah. pastor, it was really with Carrie was able to say, well, she's coming to him in joy. She loves him. She believes who he is. You're right. She has never been a murderer. She's not done drugs yet, you know, whatever. But she's at five. She never has still, but you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. <laughs> here, here I was wondering about that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's how I spoke into them. Then mm -hmm. was just trying to speak truth to them when they were little yeah. and then continuing to speak truth as they got older. I encouraged Bible studies once they got so they could read and they loved that because they saw us do like a family Bible study or whatever. And so they would, I, I remember Maddie and Haley doing one one summer together. It was mm -hmm. really sweet. Mm -hmm. It's really, really sweet. Um, hmm. Now I talked to Carrie yesterday. She's so funny um, because she calls me every day. And I think it's a, somewhat it's a girl thing. I yeah. know people told me, well, you have a son. He goes away. That's it. He's never going to call you again. That's <laughs> so it. So depressing. Maybe you boys don't. I, but I'm sorry. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I, I do think it kind of plays that way. Girls love to you talk, know. so they call their mom a lot of times. So anyway, but she called me yesterday, and she was just like, what have you been doing? And we're like, well, we're on our way to the airport. We were in Florida, you know, and we were just telling her what we were doing. And she's like, Mom, I need you to be available. She goes, all these people always – all, people come to me and I say, you may need to talk to somebody about that, like counseling. She goes, you know what, Mom? I'm good because I have you. I always mm -hmm. have you to talk to. And she did say that to me yesterday. Um, but I speak I speak hard truth into my kids now that they're this age. I'll mm -hmm. just wrap it up. I, I speak hard truth. Mm -hmm. And if they say something to me that I do not, that's not coming from God, I will tell them that. And I will try as best I can to, to speak specific scripture and just can you really give us an example? You don't have to name like a specific daughter. You, you want to know, know which so we one don't it was shame her anyway. You know. <laughs> well, you know what? I will tell you this: when they were little, and I can remember specifically with Haley, uh, and you guys, she would she would tell you this story. So we used to have a rock pile behind our house. Do you guys ever come over during the rock pile stage? It was there for two or three years. It was horrible. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I have a beautiful view, and they put a rock pile. So. <laughs> Haley stood on that rock pile. She yeah. knew she wasn't supposed to, and she was probably about 10, I don't know, something like that, just standing there. I mean, it's real obvious. It's right behind my house. The thing is like three stories high, and she was standing up there because the little boys next door probably did it, and we'd said no, and it was defiant. I mean, she knew very well not to be on that thing. And so I gave her scripture, and I know, John, you guys have done this too probably with your kids. It's their will. He's older. I gave her scripture to look up. Why am I disciplining you? You find out, why is this wrong? Why are you defying, you're defying me, you're defying God kind of thing. So really, once they got old enough huh. to understand, I pointed them to their sin. Mm -hmm. So that was something I did then. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, this is older. Not to embarrass Carrie, but no, I remember talking to her, and I've said this probably to every one of these w women who are here, so I'm sorry I'm repeating myself, but I was talking to her the other day, which was a year ago, and I said, <laughs> I I, we were talking about parents, and she was talking about how you were on, she was on the phone with you, which apparently happens every day, and how she was telling you about some of her friends, and you kept telling her, well, that's not in the Bible. And she's like, 
mom, I know it's not in the Bible, this is my friend, you know, but we were like laughing so hard because <laughs> of you, but it was just funny because you're right, like, sure. but she, she, like, I mean, she really respected that, you know what I mean, in, in you, and I, I was like, that's freaking awesome, so that was one reason, you know, I even wanted you to just talk to that, but yeah, just, just the power for Carrie to have a mom who can say, and especially when you're young, man, like, there's so much stuff going on in college and what the world is saying when you're out of the house, like to have a mom who's, who's, you know, a rock in scripture who can say, that's wrong. <laughs> you know, sometimes you really need that, you know? Um, so anyway, she's very blessed to have, to have you. I'll but. tell you though, you guys, uh, I do quote to Charles sometimes what Paul will say. Paul said, um, not having biological children, right? But I have no greater joy than this to see my children walking in the truth, right? With Timothy or his spiritual children. Uh, that is the greatest joy. Yeah. It's so awesome. Yeah. When they tell me about the Bible study they've been to and Maddie's getting involved with the church down there and all this stuff because she wants to, down the hall at her Bible study and then Haley would say something about, well, I was struggling with this, so I asked my friend from Super Summer to pray for me. And I was like, thank you, God, because they wow. are pursuing Jesus of their, of their own life, yeah. and that's what you want. Wow. That's what you pray for. You don't always that oh, the tell them that too. But yeah. That's Here. great. Oh, Thank you, Kenny. I'm going to open up John and see if he wants oh. to take you back. So the question John originally was, you don't need the question, but how do you share the gospel with any age? What does that look like in your home? Maybe what's going on? What, what have you been learning now in this season with your kids? Just share, share your experience with us. I'm John. No, okay. Uh, so, I mean, as Keeney said, it's, it's all the time. Um, so, basically what we found, I mean, this is what we've done in our home. Like, we've read the scripture over the kids since they were tiny. Um, go through books of the Bible with them. We've always done a kid's Bible. We've also done always the regular Bible, and they can distinguish between this is stories about God, this is, um, this is you know, scripture. Yeah. Um, you know, Will has his own daily write, reading. But a, a lot of it for us is just wiring everything so first thing candy said was just talking to them about the bigness of god so when they're little we just try to show them just the bigness of god so what hit me was psalm 78 give your my people to my teachings incline your ears to the words of my mouth i will open my mouth in a parable i'll utter dark sayings from of old things that have been heard and known that our fathers have told us we will not hide them from their children but tell to the coming generations the glorious deeds of the lord and his might and his wonder that he has done um, so basically, like part of our job as parents is to tell the greatness of God. So part of that greatness is the gospel. Part of that greatness is really just like if you went and asked the boys, like, uh, can God make the planet disappear? Totally. He's God. You know, can God right now? Is God strong in this house? Yeah. Can God throw the house in the air? Yeah. Could God throw it to the moon? Yeah. Could God throw it all the way out of the universe? True. It's God. You know, but just try to help them imagine the vastness of who God is and everything. And as we read the scriptures, we can see that. Um, and so we teach over and over and over again. So we also start Bible verses very early so that, you know, uh, when I put May down now, trust the Lord with all your heart. You know, it's the same. I'm telling her now. I think she's 15 months. But, you know, she, she I asked her tonight, do you want me to pray for you? I'm going to pray for you. And she says, no, she can't really say no yet. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but we try to create that relational dynamic because, you know, it talks in the Bible about the reality 
you know, our prayer for them all has been some of the mother's womb, be filled with the Holy Spirit like John the Baptist was. Hmm. God, you do yeah. what you want to do, but you fill them with the Spirit. So as they get older, the way we try to discern, because Will and Reed would say, I love Jesus, Knox would too, but Knox would also um, say other stuff too, which is probably be funny, but anyway. <laughs> um, you know, they would say that, and I was like, well, how do you know you love Jesus? And Will can kind of track, Reed sometimes like, I don't know. I was like, all right, so here's what the Bible would say. Because this is how we're going to discern as they get older, Sarah and I, is, well, if the Bible says that you would love Jesus. Do you love Jesus? Yes. Okay. Second would be that you know him like he's your best friend. So you know him like you mm-hmm. know daddy. Not like he's distant, cool. but he's like daddy. Okay. So do you know Jesus? And, and we'll be like, yeah. I was like, and I said, okay. So third thing is that you obey him. Okay. The Bible would say that you obey him. You seek to hold to his commandments according to First John 2. Like, do you guys obey him? I know the answer to that one. And then they're like, oh, sometimes. And then the fourth one is that you repent of your sin and you hate your sin and you kill it, according to Romans 8, would be proof of the Holy Spirit. And Will's, <laughs> Will's told me before, he's like, ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> so that always like is the, um, but, but a lot of it is like, do we know exactly where they're at right now? No, not totally. But we know that God will provide in due time we're just not wanting to confuse them by mm. inviting them into anything or trying to get them to say a certain prayer. Like, hey, if it comes up that, hey, the Bible talks here that we ask Jesus to change us. Do you want Jesus to change you? Yeah. Well, why don't you guys just want to ask Jesus to change you? Yeah, because they're going to need to do that whether whenever they're yeah, saved or not. I have to do that now. Whether it's or just the continually <laughs> yeah, I mean, daily asking. Lord willing, they'll probably, Lord willing, they'll never really know. But mm-hmm. what they will know is I know I'm saved because of boom boom, boom, mm-hmm. in my life. That's awesome. So um, th- those are some of the things we do. Um, so when it comes to just really sharing the gospel, they know for a long time we took tra- 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 turns reading the Bible. Will would read. So he like, see, teaches our devotional sometimes, right? So he does some of that, which is really, he does a good job at it. Um, and then read wants to lead too. So I read, tell read the words. He says them. Knox will hold the Bible and say, the Bible says Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Jesus died on the cross for all sins. <laughs> and, he'll, and he'll do it. It's the cutest little thing. But sometimes you'll be amazed at the theology. I still swear to this day, we bring the boys here, and they'd make up their own songs at five or six, and they would have more theologically accurate reality than some of that here on the radio. And it, wasn't, it was just because God's teaching them. So all that to say as parents is just be you. Talk about God constantly. Don't make it complicated. Get mm-hmm. into the word. And just trust. Um, you'll see the evidence of that honest to goodness in weird moments. Um, th- this Yesterday, Will and I were out bow hunting. Will and Dad Day, his request, people. Um, mm-hmm. But we were there. And I apologized to him about me being imperfect sometimes. It just hit me when we were in the car. I'm like, sometimes I get upset. Sometimes I just say things. Sometimes I act like things are a big deal that aren't. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm not perfect. And his response back to me was, Dad. I would just say God is spirit, person, or something else. And I'm like, well, God is spirit, son. And then we started getting to three and one of the Trinity. But he's processing, yeah. and he's thinking. And we did the same thing on the way to the funeral once. He had all these questions about elders, deacons. So all I say is sometimes you don't think they're learning or listening. They are. We're sowing seeds. We're yeah. sowing seeds. So, but once again, we're not looking for them to know facts. We're looking for them to know the Lord. Yeah. And that's the big thing. And there's no perfect way um, to do it. The biggest thing is do it. Yeah. 
So does that answer it all? Yeah, I, you know, my my children aren't old enough yet. Then we got a two-year-old, oldest two, like even put those trains of thoughts together. Yeah, they're learning about God. She knows that God made the trees, like you said. We do the. I kind of thought of C.S. Lewis. I was like, you're the C.S. Lewis house. You got the trees are alive. You know, it's kind of <laughs> cool. But anyway, so she's learning. But I I feel like my struggle is going to be, and maybe it's a parent struggle is kind of what I'm hearing about. It's, it must be so hard not to just want them to pray a prayer. You know what I mean? Like, I just want you to say this so I can, like, sleep at night, you know. But at the same time, it brings me back to what something that you say a lot, Candy, and this is I think this is something that your life is weaved with, but just prayer like daily prayer, whether it's for your children or for the people that you, like God has put you in, in your life to share the gospel with. But man, I, I pray so much more now that I have a child and I'm so thankful for that. Um, but God save my children. And like, I, like, I just, I can't imagine, like, I think I'm going to be like, is that the prayer? Can I pray now with her? Or is this the moment? Or, but at the same time, like it's probably what you're going to allude to. No, I was just say like, in the same time, don't hear us saying that we don't make it readily available. It's just that yeah. our focus isn't to get them to do anything. Mm. Our focus is to saturate them, yeah. ask them questions, teach them about who God is. They know they're sinners. A, I mean, they know why discipline comes. They know that it's good. They know all these things. Um, but at the same time, like, hey, like, do you guys know, like, uh, one of our story Bibles has questions like, hey, do you want Jesus to come to your heart and change you, right? And we read that, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, well, you know, why don't you ask God to just fill your heart, to change you, and to say, save you. And, and like, mm-hmm. we, we invite that, but we're not looking at that to be a one-time thing because confession and repentance is the Christian walk. Yeah. So, yep. you know, we're, we're just not wanting to be like, see the day you're a Christian. Yep, write, it, write like, the date, which, I mean. We just, it's just not, from what I see in the Bible, that's, that does happen in Acts, but at the same time, the reality is that that's not necessarily the root how everything's going to occur, right. I believe. So okay. we don't want to confuse the kids. That's why we don't just mm-hmm. do, like, communion or anything, like, because we're not looking to confuse them. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. like, when I was I saved, when I started communion, when I didn't, I knew the certain facts. Like, eh, mm-hmm. I think it does more damage than good. I'd rather wait too long than I would start too early. Mm-hmm. So. All good stuff. Thank you. Well, the hands go up, man. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I mean, I know, and I want John to answer that, but I know for me, John, when I was growing up and when I watched kids, when I, before I had kids, before I was married, I figured, you know, when they're like five or six, we'll start talking about God, right? Like, they don't understand it before then. So, like, even just coming to Delta and seeing, oh, Amanda, he wrote Disciples of Me, like, seeing how she talks to her children at such a young age, she would always say, Audrey understands me. And I'm like, she's like six months old. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there's no way. And now I'm like, holy cow. Like I'm so thankful for 
people who can give us these truths, but I don't know, I'm kind of hearing, you know, from Jen, like, underlying the same kind of thought, like, like, that's just cool, so, you know, talking to that idea, they're so little, like, you can begin to, even at such a tiny age, lead them to the gospel and the truths, and be feeding them these things, and they may be absorbing more than you know, is that kind of where you're going with that, and is there another question in that? Totally. And the thing is, you, you do not negate your example. I mean, truly, she, your, your daughter is already mimicking, adoring, watching you. What the, uh, the kids see us do is what they want to do, um, right? The reason Will wants to go bow hunting is because daddy goes bow hunting. Like, uh, he wants to be like his dad. Just God's wired it that way. So you just fuel it. But really, I mean, our hopes is to teach them the truths of God. But I have to ask God to change me still. Right, so when we confess sin to the kids, like, hey, we're sinners too. Like, the gospel isn't just good news for a one-time incident. Instance, you know, hopefully by God's grace, when they're twenty, they'll think that's foolishness when people are talking about one incident. Like, man, I need the gospel every day. What are you guys talking about? Like, I need the reality of Christ's blood and work. Um, Kids prayer all the time. Like, this is just a part of what it means to love Jesus. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just a continuation of it. Just be encouraged. Do little things. Do lots of little things and see how you're wired my wife and I are wired differently for a reason so you don't have to mimic exactly how we parent but you guys do need to work within your um, couple groups to figure out how do we do this how do we do it well and then what's our home going to look like with it mm-hmm. starting at age day zero mm-hmm. so yeah, right that's good so. do you have a question yeah. I put something in here, one of the questions that Mallory asked me, um, that was really, that's really good for me. Caroline Baum, some of you guys know her, she used to say they're little sinners, and I would (laughs) tell Caroline, you'd have to know her, and her three little boys, but she's exactly right. I mean, that's true. They are, our children are sinners, just like we are. Um, And so we shouldn't be surprised, right, when they act up. Because they're sinning, and I'm sinning. And I appreciate that John said that he tells his kids, like, I was wrong. My, I remember my father doing that to me when I was a teenager. Huge effect. I was wrong. My father was a very good example of a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so, um, what was I, I was coming to you. Sorry, I'm tired. Little there was sinners. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I know. And their boys are going to school, and how yeah. do you check in what on that? What was it I wrote down about it? Um, <coughs> Shoot, shoot, shoot. Now, there was something about that you asked me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just keep going down till we get to it. Um, <laughs> this is what I get for being gone for a week. Um, 
I mean, I kind of get that too. Like, I, I almost heard, you know, I'm gonna, I'm stalling for you, but I'm yeah, you're really, this is right. real. Um, so I, I kind of get that too. Like when they, when they go off to college, like somebody like Carrie, you know, she's a girl, so maybe it's in their personality. I worry a little bit about my son. Like, I mean, are you gonna, like, am I gonna still have okay. any influence on your life, okay, like you after? Thank okay. Very much. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They, no, as believers, that's what I want to say. As believers, we all have the Holy Spirit within us, and our children as they come to put their trust in the Lord, also have the Holy Spirit within them. Yeah. And I'm not him. Uh, and that's what I've had to do. Because my children don't all respond the way I think they should, even to their own sin. Maybe they're, maybe they're not uh, as repentant as I think they ought to be. Maybe their attitude is not as sorry as I think it ought to be. I have to remind myself, the Holy Spirit who convicts me is also convicting them. Yeah. At once they are believers. So this is believers. another point of trust. Like so it's a point of trust There's the, the Lord, trust that, the that whole, yeah, like, yeah. when they're little, yeah, yeah. that they're, like, that, yeah. you know, even though they're praying the prayer, do they know it? Or if they're not praying the prayer, they still may be, you know, saved. But even in college, like, you are still trusting. It's the same trust. Like, God, if your spirit is in them, like, you're God, not me. Right. That's hard for yeah. me, but it's So that's good. a good reminder that was for me. Okay, when they have the Holy Spirit within them, when you're convinced that they're believers, and I am convinced my kids are believers, um, then I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit's going to do its work in their life. I would imagine that we'll have to do the same, even if we're not sure about our kids, right? Like, <laughs> Holy Spirit, save our kids. Absolutely. And and while we're obviously, I heard you guys, and of course we're always pointing them toward the gospel, pointing them, pointing them, praying with them. But there will come a day when they, when they really grasp their own sin, the way of their own sin. And that's a moment. I mean, honestly, that's, that's a moment when you finally said, you know what, Seth is right. Like, I am a sinner. Yeah. Like, that's a moment, you know. And I was there when Jen was baptized. And we, we were able to talk about, yeah, like, I finally got it. Like, I finally mm. got it. Um, and so there is a moment while we're leading them. There's a moment when the Holy Spirit will draw each man to himself mm -hmm. who is calling. And so praise God. Once, praise, yeah, praise God. He does that work. We don't do it. And it's not us. Yeah. Yeah. But really. once, but once you are convinced they're believers, then you know they've got the Holy Spirit within them, and then, and you have to trust that God is doing His good work in them. Yeah. I think the only thing that hit me. Yeah. I was listening to parenting things one time, through teachings, and when they talked to just the relationship and rules is the reality of parenting, mm. is that you need a relationship with rules. So I, at least I think as the kids get older, one of the biggest things we have is establishing a super strong relationship as best we can so that we can speak into their life as they get older as well. Because, I mean, you have such a good relationship with your girls. You're connected to them, so you can speak into them. Um, so I think it's yeah. important for us all. That's awesome. That's a good question, Andrea. Thank you. Any other questions? At all. So we've talked about parenting. We've talked about coworkers. We've talked about neighbors and long-time friendships. We've talked general evangelism questions. Any other questions that you guys might have for our panelists? I have one more thing, I bet. And then we're going to close it up. Go home or chat or eat cake or whatever that is. Sorry, I didn't get a chance. Pumpkin chance. <laughs> Dyslexia. So here's my question for you guys. 
Um, this is gonna. This is another. This is another general one that you could probably each speak for an hour on. But I want you to sum it up. What is the biggest lesson that God has taught you about evangelism? And if you want to make it specific to parenting or coworkers, or if you want to make it general. Um, so I guess I'll start to give you guys a minute. But um, yeah, I mean. For me, the biggest lesson I think that God is teaching me about evangelism is, um, yeah, that it's all it's all Him, especially in my children. So this is a completely new area of life for me to have children, um, season of life to have children, and I've never had to share the gospel with them. And so I'm really learning the prayer piece of it, and I think I've I've already alluded to that, but I I don't know. I'm learning so much that it is all God. I mean, yes, we, we do the pieces where we, we lead them. Like, that is our responsibility. But, man, if it has anything to do with me, it's going to fail. So I really need God to do this. Like, and I'm praying and trusting. And so anyway, and that, I, again, we could talk about the theological aspects of that for hours and hours. But that's what God in this season is, is teaching me. I'm going to let you guys just go so you can go in order or not. Um, mine's probably very similar, like just the sovereignty of God. Um, one example I was thinking of, um, this girl I was discipling, she was in a relationship that was unhealthy and I had been there. And so we had had this conversation over and over again. Um, and then I realized it wasn't clicking with her. She kept choosing this guy. Um, but then I realized I just need to focus on Jesus and he would do the work and through learning about him and being in awe of him, she ended up making the decision to leave this guy. And it wasn't anything that I had, you know, mm. told her in that month <laughs> um, or whatever. Um, but she had just decided because she knew who Christ was finally that um, she wanted to live for him. And so that humbled me again um, in just realizing that I can't force people to accept Christ, um, but we can present it to them. And um, we can show them um, Jesus through scripture, through um, our works, or through the word. Um, and so, yeah, I think just the sovereignty of God and mm -hmm. um, taking that pressure off ourselves um, yeah, and, like, good. going into it with yeah, no expectations, really. We <laughs> talked about that, how, like, your instinct is when you're discipling somebody, like, first I need to fix, fix this in yeah. them. And, you know, even if God doesn't reveal it, I just need to reveal that that's a sin right now. But, like, you were able to trust God to do that work in yeah. them. And it was, I remember you saying it was just so encouraging and humbling that he did, like, reveal yeah. it without you pushing, like, that this relationship is really hindering you from thinking about mm -hmm. Christ and your relationship with God. That's awesome. Thanks, Emily. <laughs> Um, I just think seed planting, uh, two things, seed planting your whole life, mm -hmm. uh, talk about God to people. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to say earlier when we were talking about a fail, you know, mm -hmm. when we screwed it up. Yeah. That I want to say there's, if your heart's right, even if you totally screw it up, that there's no fail except for not opening your mouth. That's for me, because there's so many times. I have a friend who's a Muslim. Now we haven't talked. It's been months now. And even mm. though I've called her, I even wrote her a letter last month. I Because last, probably a year ago, 
It was before mom died when we got together and I at, at Cracker Barrel and I was just really in her face about the gospel and she was like this and actually said, I'm really happy for you. I mean, she didn't put her hand up, but I mean, that's, I know you believe that. Uh, that's good. And, and that, that breaks my heart yeah. so much because I want her in heaven. I don't want her in hell. And she is standing there like this to God. She is, she is, she's heard it. She doesn't want it. She doesn't want to submit, you know, and you guys all know people like that, you know. And so today when I got together with somebody that I've been praying for, one of my four, she's so sweet. And I and I feel like I butcher it half the time, even though I practice Bible verses while I'm driving there. You guys have not you guys have done this, right? You're like, I'm going to say this. And I know all sin falls short of the glory of God. I know, you know, right? You know it. Anybody who calls on the name of the Lord should be saved. And, We've got it, and then you get you sit down with them, and you're talking about the kids, and there's people talking around you, and you're just you want to say, do you believe in Jesus personally? Do you have a <laughs> saving faith in Jesus? You know, you kind of, and then it's just like. So I so I did talk to her about prayer today. I did ask if I could pray. How can I pray for you? And I said I'm serious. Like I have people that pray for me, and. I want you to tell me things that I can pray for you about. Mm -hmm. And she knows a lot about God, but I don't think she knows Him. Yeah. You know, and so. I think evangelism's hard, and yeah. you guys know that. I think it's hard. I think, but I think whenever we love people, I really want her to go to heaven. I really don't care that I get the credit. I really want her to go to heaven. So if I blow it, time and time again, because I said I love you, she's like, I know you love me. Then I'm hoping that one of these days that God will just say, say, say yes. He'll one of these times when I blow it, he that she's gonna say, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So you, Handy, you haven't heard from her then in a couple months, you said? Oh, my Muslim friend? Yeah. Oh, I haven't heard from her in probably a year, six months. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, yeah. So I, this is kind of separate from my answer, but I feel like I just had to confess before I answer um, that something in me wants to give like the most theologically right. What is the lesson yeah. we should all know? Like, and um, I just want to put that before, because like, I think we could all craft that, but I'm going to be honest about what lesson I've learned that has actually transformed my evangelism. Yeah. And it's, and it's something that's, um, this is not a phrase you'd find in the Bible, but uh, it's that truly we have nothing to lose. Um, and, that, and that does come, though, from Philippians 1, this idea that, like, okay, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And if we really wrap our minds around the idea that, that dying is gain, mm -hmm. um, we don't even live in a culture where we can share our faith and get killed for it. So I lose my job because I shared my faith. Like, honestly, who cares? I'll get another job. And I'll mm -hmm. press into the church for help if we need in that time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to lose a friend. Like, who cares? For the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, um, what honestly can the world throw at me in response to my decision to share the gospel that will have made it not worth it? Nothing. Mm -hmm. And I won't dare to claim that every time I'm in a moment where I have a decision to share the gospel or not, that I think of that and I, I step in. But I will say that 
by God's grace, I've been learning that time and time again that that conscious thought can come to mind. Like, honestly, the, this last sermon on Sunday, what, what are you so afraid of? What what have you still got to, f- what do you still have to fear? What are, where is your unbelief coming from? Because in this moment, there's literally nothing the world could do to you for lack of obedience yeah. um, or for for having been obedient um, that'll have made it not worth it. And so that's it for me, to, to die, to live as Christ, to die as gain. Um, just, just jump into it and Amen. who cares yeah. about, <laughs> you know, the repercussions. Yeah. yeah. So. And just hearing kind of the stories that you tell, like I, like I think that this is a season where that's really like, I mean, you're just talking to people at work and you're just like, can I challenge that? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're, you're going at it. And that's just, to me, that, that's so encouraging because that kind of environment is similar to mine. So mm. reading your stories was just really cool. Um, and I wish it. we had more time because obviously we would hear a lot more, but thank you. I will go fast, but I have six points. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, I really do have six points. It's really going to be a joke. Um, one would just be, I think I've learned, you really do have to love people. It's huge. Um, I came to faith because somebody loved me, and he cared about me, and he was traveling from Carbondale every other weekend to invest in me. And then I got saved, not because Steve was here that weekend. To be honest with you, I got saved. Somebody's praying in some meeting. I don't know what to pray about, but I opened my eyes, and I knew I followed Jesus Christ. That's all I knew. That's all I knew. So God can work how God's going to work. Um, and, I, and I was changed. So I called him, like, yeah, hey, I believe in Jesus now. He's like, that's awesome. What happened? He's like, what do I do next? He's like, read the Bible. I'm like, oh. Okay, read the Bible. <laughs> so that just all started for me. Um, number two, um, this is the biggest thing I would think. Uh, so this is from 1 Corinthians 2. And when I came to you, brothers, did, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom. Candy but in demonstrations of the spirit of power, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We care way too much about our presentation more than God does because we care about us and how we're viewed. But the biggest thing I take from that is if we wait to share the gospel until we feel like it or we don't have any more fear or we have all the answers, we will not share the gospel. If Paul had fear and trembling and he was saying my words weren't the best, and God birthed a church, I'm pretty sure he can use us. But just fear is purposeful. Um, so sharing the gospel, the best way I would describe it is I tell the boys that courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is doing it even when you have fear. Hmm. So that just you just need to know it. You're going to be scared. But if you stop there, you're just never going to do it. Um, so, sorry. Number three, long term. Think long term. These are people. These aren't projects. Love them. For her, can you an example? You share the gospel with somebody? They may not like it. You keep going. I had a neighbor who basically wanted to talk to me after I shared with them years ago. I just kept going to say hi to Edie. She didn't want to talk anymore. I did still go by. How are you doing? You know, just loving them because I genuinely cared. You just got to care. Um, know that there's risk. There's going to inherently have risk. If you don't, like, there just will be. There's going to have risk. You have to say that God's worth it and loving them is worth it. Um, I think, what, what else? Oh, last but not, oh. Not last but least, there's two. Seasons. For my found, there's going to be seasons where you do it a lot, and there's going to be seasons where it's not as um, prevalent. So yeah. I've just found that, and I have to have peace yeah. with it. S- times I seem like I see it everywhere, and other times I'm not. But that's okay. Hmm. 
Um, and the last one is God loves us, whether we're sharing or not. We can be being disobedient, but he still loves us. Don't connect your worth to your obedience. It will throw you off. Connect your worth to the gospel, and from that, beg him for obedience. Those are my six. Thank you. All of you guys, thank you very much for that. Can we give them a little, our little applause for our, um, I just want to say, yeah, and I just want to say, like, yeah, she's done. She's just done with this. Thanks, you know, to our to our panelists, you know, like I know it's intimidating to be like, hey, we're going to put you on a panel because you guys are experts. But really, just just for us to get together and hear you guys processing out loud, some of the things you've said, I have heard before 10 times. But man, when you say it in this season right now, it's amazing how God uses it. So I just want you guys to know that what you guys have said and even just the questions has been really encouraging um, to me and I'm sure to the ladies. So Thank you guys so much, and I do want to have somebody pray us out. I'll do it. How about I pray for us out? So I'm going to pray us out. All right? Yeah, on my head.